Wonder, 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 wonder. Thank you so much for making the time for me. I appreciate it so much. I've been wanting to, um, you know, just to get a, a hold of you and see what you're about and just share that with my audience. Um, my audience is filled with a lot of women um, that are very, you know, involved in civics. And so I just really want people to know um, a little bit more about you. Thank you so much. Aww. Thank you. So, Casey, tell me a little bit about why you are running for Houston City Council at Large, position three. I just really know that we need leaders at City Hall that have expert knowledge about weather and climate and disaster preparedness. And right now, we don't have that. Right. And I believe that we should be prioritizing that and considering that in every decision that we make. And so I know we focus a lot on you know, flooding. And flooding is great to talk about and to plan for, but there's so many other things. And it's not just when it rains that we need to be thinking about it. It's when we decide to put in a road. Are we using the best materials to build that road? Or are we using 1950s concrete? Yes. Yeah. And I think it's important that, you know, even for those of us that are like, that are moms, I'm, I have teenagers now, I think, you know, one of the questions that always gets asked is like, are we supporting candidates that like really think about, you know, the future of our kids? Um, we we don't have enough women running for office. And I think that's one of one of the most important things that I think can bring a lot of, you know, um, change into our city is to have more women in political office and more women, you know, that are that are speaking to the issues in our community, right? So can you tell me just like a little bit about well, like one or two issues that are just really, really at the forefront for you? Yeah, and this goes directly to this. So I have a nine-year-old little girl and what really spurred me to run and something I plan to own when I'm in office, what I call deferred maintenance. So go back to last fall, I'm sure you remember when we had the boil water notice across the entire city. Yes. Because we had a power outage and our purification system uh, was threatening to fail at, over on the east side of town, which meant that all of our water uh, was potentially unsafe and we all had to boil our water. That was due to deferred maintenance. That is a, pro uh, a practice that many cities use, universities do it, and that's where you have a plan for maintaining your infrastructure. But what's happened in Houston is that instead of really having any sort of plan, we just keep kicking the can down the road. And we're not maintaining any of our infrastructure at a level that is acceptable. It's not acceptable that that day, because the city didn't also tell us in a timely fashion, they waited till that afternoon to tell us that it happened. By that point, I'd already had my daughter drink that water. She'd already brushed her teeth. I had done the same. Mm -hmm. And as a mom, I was Furious. I took to Twitter, hundreds of people, you know, commenting on it because we were all felt just really let down by our leaders. Mm -hmm. And when I discovered how it happened, I was like, this is just insanity. We can't, this is not acceptable right. that we don't have safe drinking water for our people, for our children. I know. And I think and we so take it for granted. Don't you think we just kind of go and just go about our day and we don't even think about those things and we could be harming ourselves and our children. 
because because we expect our leaders to do it for us. Yes, exactly. You, you as a citizen, you yeah. pay your taxes. You expect your leaders to think about these things. True. And, you know, it just happened again and again. And so, like, this spring, we had the two chillers go out at the airport, also deferred maintenance. So when I'm in office, I'm about to own deferred maintenance. We're going to get a plan together. Um, I've been doing research about, you know, what are other municipalities doing to tackle this problem? Um, it, it can be done. And it just means you can't do everything at once. But you have to start and you have to start with the things that impact public safety uh, first. So health and safety are the most important things. We start there and start getting these things fixed. So you started in Houston. Well, I know you from, uh, you know, being on TV as a broadcast meteorologist. How do you think that um, uh, career helped you or what what did it give you? What sort of skill sets did it give you so that you can pursue elected office? I mean, like, give us a little bit of like feedback on like how that helps you. And like that way we can look at how our backgrounds can also assist us as we pursue office one day. Yeah, I, I think, too, I even would want to back up just a little bit. You know, I'm a military kid, so I was born in Panama and Central America. Uh, we lived all over the world. I went to nine elementary schools, um, you know, had a very multicultural growing up. And that coupled with my career in television has given me a perspective that is not a political perspective. And I say that with all respect for people who are in politics, but mm-hmm. I don't have the perspective of the politician. Right. I have the perspective of the people. Mm-hmm. And when you work in television news, when you live all over the world, you know, you speak to re- everyday people, just like yourself, yeah. um, the, the same challenges and issues. And that's what it takes to be, I think a really good city leader is to be willing to be in every community uh, and TV news was a great training ground for that. You know, it was important to get out and tell people's stories. You know, in many ways, television news and, and journalists in general, they're advocates for um, people and, and their problems and the issues that they're having. And especially being a meteorologist, you know, it became really clear to me that when we have severe weather events, there are some parts of town and there are certain populations of people that are going to be just fine. And we have other parts of town that we have not invested in or reinvested in. And those are the areas that are most vulnerable. Those are the areas. And we all know where these areas are. They're the ones that always flood. That's going to be the area where the people don't have what they need. And so that training has really been able to shine a light for me that there are areas of our community here in Houston um, that really have not been taken care of in the same way as other parts of town. Right. So as you're running for Houston City Council at large position three and you're out there doing, um, you know, you're running, you're doing your speaking engagements, you're meeting with people, um, you're out in the neighborhoods. What have you found to be one of the biggest roadblocks for you or, you know, just for women in general and, and who are running for you know local office? So I had um, one of my very first uh, screenings with an organization. You know, we have organizations all over town that screen candidates and decide to support them or endorse them. Yes. And one of my very first screenings, um, the organization, the people there were 
very condescending to me. In fact, I walked in and usually they ask you about the issues, wow. they ask you questions. And in this one, they said, so do you want to give us a weather forecast? <gasps> they said it just, just like that. Oh my gosh. And I just told them, I said, you know, that's not why I'm here. Uh -huh. you know, I'm here to screen with you and talk about the issues, public safety and infrastructure. Was it a bunch of men asking the questions or were there women yes. there too? There were women in the room. There were, um, wow. But it was a predominantly male room and predominantly male organization. I have to say that that has been the exception, not the rule, mm -hmm. but I almost quit that day mm. because I couldn't believe that yeah. that is what is happening. It's 2023. Is this really how you're going to treat me? Mm -hmm. um, I was furious. And I'm thrilled that that has not been the norm, right. um, but that has stuck with me throughout the campaign. And it reminded me that even though the world that I have lived in recently in my career, mm -hmm. I have not encountered that. I have I've worked with men and other women who are supportive and encouraging. Um, so I have been very blessed, I would say, especially the later times of my career. Um, yes. But that was a shock to me. Do you think that, shock. do you think that um, women maybe leave the, their candidacies because they see this and they think to themselves, I could never go back and do this if 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 there's just this condescension or or this lack of support from communities or people, you know, like I wonder if that affects maybe a younger candidate who doesn't know how to confront this and maybe put it into perspective. What do you think? I think it absolutely could. Um, you know, and again, I don't even envision myself as someone who's not, you know, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty strong person. I've been through a lot in my life. And even early in my career, you know, I would often be the only meteorologist on staff that was a woman. Um, so I've been through challenges in that space. So it was shocking to me. I can only imagine if I were younger or less experienced, or maybe didn't have quite the um, support system of people who could kind of talk me through that and, and remind me that not everyone is that way. And, and frankly, it should be one more reason I should continue to run and shouldn't yes. quit. Yeah. Um, you know, but not everybody has that, you know, not everybody has that group of people behind them that can, that you can talk honestly about these challenges and um, get the support and the encouragement that you need to keep going. I also think the other thing that has been a challenge, and I don't know if there's anything to do about it. It's mm -hmm. just, and you know this, I mean, being a mom and a mm -hmm. wife and having a job, yes. um, you know, women are expected to do it all. And you know, we gladly take it on. And again, everything I'm doing, including running for office, is something I want to do. It's no one's making me. I want to do this with right. all my heart. Um, oh, my gosh. I hear that so much. You're not just the only one, Casey. Like, yeah. I have so much going on, too. But I love what I do. It's not because I, I have to. It's because I really love doing this. Yeah, but then I think... You know, how how do we balance all of that? And yeah. that has been the biggest challenge. Yeah, good um, question, huh? How do I make sure I see my daughter? How do I make sure I see my husband? How do I make sure that I'm giving everything I can to the nonprofits I support and my job? You know, I have a job you know, while I'm running for office and mm -hmm. I don't want to let them down. That's not right either. Mm -hmm. Um so one of the things that I, I started to do kind of out of necessity is I started bringing my nine-year-old with me. Oh. And that has been transformative. Mm -hmm. um, I had no idea that it would have the effect on her in a good way. I say this in a really good way. Mm -hmm. um, it has been amazing to watch her. And she's very drawn 
to the other women on the campaign trail. Oh, really? When, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and there, she has a few that are her very favorites. Uh, oh. One of them is uh, Conchita Reyes, who uh, for a little bit I was in at large one um, competing against Conchita. Mm-hmm. And Conchita and I got to know each other. We had way more in common than we had differences. And it, it got to me really thinking about is that is that race the right race for me? Mm-hmm. And that was part of the reason that I didn't stay in one is I would much rather work with her than against her. And there are so many amazing women running right now, whatever race it is, controller, judges, mayor, city council, just so many amazing women. And to see her out on the, my daughter with me, and you know, she sees these women and they speak and they talk to her and they do speak to her differently than the men do. And I, there's some men I love too. I mean, we have some great candidates that are men as well. Yeah. Um, but the way that they engage with young people is different. Um, and that's had a huge impact on me. It's made me even think about some of the candidates differently than I did before, seeing how they interact with my daughter. Um, Cause they don't have to spend time with her and mm-hmm. they don't get anything from that. She can't vote for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not looking for my support in any sort of way, but they do it because it's the right thing to do. And they want to inspire her. Um, I love that. It's, I love that. It's been really amazing. And you're it's been really amazing. And you're probably inspiring their children as well, Casey. Maybe that is I, also a reciprocal relationship that you probably don't even see sometimes. That maybe you are inspiring some of them as well, or other women, Aww. just like myself, or other people who who care about our city. And we look at you and we think, wow, like there's somebody that has the audacity, the guts to go out there and do something about it, not just talk about it, but do something about it, right? Yeah. Well, and I'm also really inspired. You know, I think we hear a lot about young people, like not voting, not being engaged in the process. And I've gotten to know um, a lot of the younger folks who are running campaigns or volunteering on campaigns for other candidates. And they are amazing, Mm -hmm. uh, men and women, but especially the women. I just love them. And to see them, you know, there's um, there's a staffer um, for one of the candidates, one of the city council candidates, not in my race. And I saw her speak on behalf of this candidate very early on in the campaign season and she was very nervous and um, it was a rough go for her. Mm -hmm. And as she continued to do it, she got more confident, better at it. uh, And you could just see a real change in her. And a few weeks ago, I pulled her aside and told her just how proud I was of her because it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And it was not her comfort zone. Just in a few months, she put herself out there and took this risk because of a candidate that she believes in and is volunteering her time for, and it's made a difference for her. Wonderful. Wow. That's awesome. And that's also such such a good reinforcement when someone else that's kind of in the battlefield with you that yeah. you know, acknowledges, hey, I know how hard it is. And I get it. And uh, keep at it. You're doing great. So as I'm um, going to the end of my interview with you, I just wanted to ask you something that always comes up, you know, with the women that I speak to and my audience. Um, and something that I also want to know about you at the end of the day, like you said, you know, it's not easy. It's um, it, you have all of these responsibilities, your mom, your wife, you have a full time job, all of those things. So at the end of the day, how do you refocus your energy and your commitment to what you're doing, especially when you're mentally exhausted? I mean, not talking physically, physically will rest, but mental exhaustion is different. How do you refocus? 
I remind myself why I'm doing it. Um, that's the most important for me. That's the most important thing. And it's, it's important to me because I really do love Houston. And I believe that I have skills and knowledge that can make a difference for people and make things better for people, make our city run better, make it be safer and make it safer for everyone. People who maybe have been forgotten, um, that would mean the world to me if I could have a part in making things better for people. So you go back to your why. Yes, that's awesome. it. I go back to why am I doing this? Because it's not, you know, you know that there's a chance you're not going to win. Mm -hmm. And you know that there's going to be a group of people who are, don't believe in you. Um, so you have to go back to why you're doing it. And if your why is to be famous, if your why is to have power, if your why is to have your name on that door at City Hall, for me, that would not get me through the rough days. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. You know, especially for those of us that sometimes feel like we are burning, you know, at both ends and like, why, why do I go, go every time you really do kind of go back to your purpose and your why. So Casey Curry, where can people find you and find more about your candidacy and where can we follow you? Yeah. So, you know, I'm on every social media, you name it. Uh, my website is CaseyCurryForHouston.com. Uh, but I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm even on TikTok. Um, I do it all. And I would love to have um, everybody kind of joining the campaign and, and learning more about about all the amazing things that Houston has going for us and all the amazing things that we still can do to make it even better for everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much, Casey. And I'm assuming everyone in the city of in the Harris County area can go out and vote for you, right? <laughs> Or is it a yeah, so City of Houston, if you can vote for City of Houston elections, um, you'll get to go to the polls, you'll get to vote for mayor, controller, okay. and you'll get to vote for your geographic district person, which has a letter, and then you get to vote for all five at-large council members, and I'm running for at-large three, so it's the whole city. Okay. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Casey. And um, oh, I'm you, just going to be so excited to go out there and vote for you. I haven't done it yet, but I'm definitely Yay. on my way out there. And I definitely want to encourage all of my listeners to please support Casey. She's a lovely, oh. wonderful woman, and she's got the experience to really go out there and work for us, y'all. I'm so excited. And so thank you so much, Casey. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Alicia. I appreciate it.